So let's go to Isaiah 51 verse 4. And we read together. You know, there's so many verses in the Bible that says, and uh, uh, Jesus is the light of the world. It also says that we are the light of the world. Uh, it says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. Now, what does all, all of that mean? What is this light that He talks about? And I like what Isaiah 50, 51 verse 4 says, Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nations, for a law shall proceed from me. Now, let's just stop there. He says, a law shall proceed from me. So the Ten Commandments was already given by that time. Then God spoke about another law that shall still proceed from Him. Okay, and then that will be the law by which He judges. If you go and read uh, 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 Psalm 103 verse 6, He says that He will execute judgment over all the oppressed. And let them go free. So the judgment of God is unto freedom. So if you're oppressed, go and stand under the judgment of God. If you're oppressed, say, God, I want to hear your judgment over me. The word judgment means a decision made on the foundation of a certain law. Okay? A judge, if you take the South African judge, he will judge in a certain way. Let's take Zimbabwe for instance. Abortion is illegal. So if, the, if, if a lady had an abortion and the judge must judge, her judgment will be in accordance to the law okay, that is in that country. So now God says that there are people that are oppressed. And He talks about those that have been oppressed by works righteousness and by human effort to be like God. It oppressed man with sin and bondage and death and destruction. And it says He will execute judgment over the oppressed and they will go free. Okay, so he says there will be a new law. Now we know it cannot be the Ten Commandments, we know it cannot be works righteousness, because the, if God must judge according to that law, why does this verse say, there shall, for a law shall proceed from me. There's an, a law that will still proceed from God. And I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. Okay? I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. Okay, so God has got a certain decision that He's going to make and establish. There's different translations concerning that verse. The one says he will, he will establish His judgment. But I like the way that King James says it here. He says, I'll make my judgment to rest. In other words, what is God's judgment? What is God's decision about you? If God makes His decision about you, He will say, listen, um, if I must make a decision about Bertie's life or about your life, uh, concerning your righteousness, what is God's decision? What is His judgment? That He will speak over you. He will say, this is my judgment and my conclusion on the foundation of my new law, and that is rest. Rest. And that will be the message of God's rest, the, the judgment of God that brings forth rest, will be for a light of the people. That is what will enlighten people. That is what, what will give people luminance. It will make them shine. So if you want to shine for Jesus, you don't have to go... Uh, last night I listened to my own message on Christ cake. And I enjoyed it. So uh, I was talking about shining your light for Jesus. And then while I was preaching, I got this picture of a, of, of a bushman with, you know, with a little stick trying to shine a light, you know. But there's only smoke. 
He's really rubbing, you know, he, but, and a lot of effort. And then he, he rubs, and then the wife, and then him, and the wife, and, and he's just smoking. And then, just to get a little light shining. And that to me is such a picture of works righteousness, trying to shine your light for Jesus. But here he says that resting is your light. Resting is your light. So what gives you the light, the, 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 the light of the life of God is resting in His new law. His new principle. Okay, let's go to um, Matthew 4 verse 16. Now, while Leonard goes there, the Bible says in Genesis 1, and this is an awesome, awesome for me, the Bible says in the beginning, what was the first thing that God created? No, the heaven and earth was there, then, the, then God spoke and said, let there be light. Okay, that was before the sun and the moon and the stars. So he was not talking about the shining of the sun. He was talking of a different light. What is this light? This light is the rest that we enter in because of who he is. And from and then God spoke and says, let there be light, and he saw the light was good. And then from that light, he created everything. And after he created from that light, he, he made the, uh, uh, on, on the Sabbath, he rested. Okay? And then everything was created that was created, so that man from that point forevermore will live in the first light, which is the rest of God. Amen. We were created to live on the Sabbath. I mean, God created everything. <laughs> then He made rest. He rested of all His work. And He gave dominion to us. And that was, that dominion, and I, I like so much what, what, what Nico said, that we reign in life. We don't try and reign over things. Take over the nation and take over this and take over that. You're just going to become tired and it's not going to work. You know, trying to take over things. Listen, you don't go to uh, uh, Jacob Zuma and tell him, listen, I'm a Christian born of God, hallelujah, I'm taking over the country. He's going to put you in jail. You're not taking over the country like that. The way you reign and rule is in his life. By resting in what he's done. That's how we reign and rule over the oppression of this world. Awesome message. You know, I really enjoyed it so much. So, so, so God, the first thing that he made was the platform of rest. And he created and recreated everything from that platform. Isn't that awesome? I always thought, what is this light that you talk about? In the beginning he said, let there be light. And there was light. He created the platform of rest. That's from where we work. And God said, it is good. It's good to live from that platform. Okay, it says, The people that sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here it talks about Jesus. Just go to verse 15, please. A bit more. 14, sorry. Okay. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in, um, in darkness saw a great light. So when Jesus came, what did people see? A great light. 
That was what happened when Jesus came. A great light came forth. So he was the light that came into the world. Okay, let's go to uh, Luke 1 verse 79. Luke 1 verse 79. Let me just see what that says there. I think this is just a, a confirmation of um, Luke 1. Okay. Verse 79. 79. Yeah. 79. Okay. Right. Listen to this. <clears throat> to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. So he, why did Jesus come? To give light to those that sat in darkness. So what is darkness and what is light? Clearly we see here that he says that he gave a new law. This law, rest will be the light of the people. So what will enlighten you is the message of resting in his work on your behalf. So if that is light, what is darkness? Darkness is obvious working, laboring. Using circumstances to dictate to, who, dictate to you who you are and how much God loves you. Amen. That is darkness. Now he says clearly there that people sat in darkness. All of man sat in darkness. Then this great light appeared. Now so when, I, when you think of Christ coming to the earth, think of great rest. And that's the beautiful thing that the angels shouted that I always mention. When, when Jesus was born, the heavenly host said, Peace on earth. When Jesus comes onto the scene, it's not works anymore, it's peace. Now, I want to mention this as well. Paul said something. Um, he said that I have done more in the kingdom than those that are in the law, that worked for God. Okay? But I've done more. Yet not I but the grace of God that works in me. So Paul said, listen, I, he was not sitting at home, doesn't want to do anything. He worked. But the work he, that, that was in him was a work as a result of the message of grace and of resting in Christ. Like, um, if I look at my own life, uh, I mean, we, we do the website, we preach, we will translate stuff, we'll write books, we'll do anything possible. And we'll work very hard, but it's not work. It's not work. To give a good example, it's like if you love chocolate, is it a work to go and buy a chocolate? It's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you are empowered. You are enriched. <laughs> you want that chocolate. I mean, it's not, an, it's not an effort. I remember I lived 10 k's out of town in Potter's room and in the middle of the night, like, uh, and, and I wasn't pregnant. Uh, I, <laughs> in the middle of the night, I got this craving for Sultan Hussein chips. And with 10 k's out, it's 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I want the Sultan Hussein chips now. I'm in my pajamas. 
I mean, I got dressed, I got into my car, I drove into town, found a cafe that's open and bought sotana and chips, and I ate it all. <laughs> and until today, I cannot eat it anymore. But <laughs> so, and, and I mean, it is, that was not a work. That was not a work, it was not a labor, it wasn't something I must do, you know, to get God to love me or anything like that. It was something that's, that drives you from the inside. So Paul, uh, uh, and, and I've seen, you know, um, the first thing that people do is they tend to rebel against the old system when they hear grace. And that's just as deadly, you know, as the, as the law itself. We're not living in rebellion, we are just simply saying thank you God for our new life and that we are walking in the light of Christ, the message of rest. You know the greatest law of the Old Testament and the first law by which somebody died was breaking of the Sabbath. A man went and he picked up sticks on the Sabbath and he was stoned for that. It was the first one that was punished under the law. Picked up sticks on the Sabbath. So what was God saying through that? What is the message, typology through that? That work on the Sabbath, trying to provide for yourself by going out and working. You know, getting your own wood there, making your own fire, will kill you. On the day of rest. A very important thing, for instance, talking about finances and sowing and reaping and all those type of things. You know the Bible says that in the year of Jubilee you shall not sow or reap. It's written. In the year of Jubilee, which we are in now, which is the time of Christ, which is the rest, the, the year of rest, the Sabbath of the Almighty God, wherein we rest, you shall not sow or reap. So you shall not have the principle of sowing and reaping. In the New Testament, it's the year of Jubilee. You were to sow and reap in the six days, you know. But on the Sabbath, you were not allowed to sow or reap. You're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. Were you allowed to do sowing and reaping, taking an ox, you know, sowing, reaping on the Sabbath day? No ways. You would be stoned for doing something like that. But now in the New Testament, we've got this principle of sowing and reaping. If I give money, God's going to give me money. You cannot apply that in the New Testament. The Bible clearly says that in the year of Jubilee, you shall not sow or reap. You shall rest from anything you need to do to qualify for blessing. What it says is you will live off the overflow of the land. What was provided in the six days was enough for you that it can give to you on the seventh day when you would rest. So, and, and, and when Jesus said it is finished, He worked the six days, and now He rested from all His work. So what will we work now? We are entering into the rest of God, resting in His light. And that is the message of light. That is what He says. A great light came, and, and what I like in verse 9, to give light to them that sit in darkness. The purpose of Jesus was to give rest to all those who were laboring under the message of condemnation and works righteousness. Let's go to Matthew 6.22. Matthew 6.22 and 23. This is going to bless you. Um, 6 verse 22. And uh, um, then you can also click on the King James Plus there, because I want to just show some of the Greek words there. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So he said that the new law is rest will be the light of the people. Now listen to this. Take heed that you do, um, 6 verse 22. Why did it, oh yeah, it, it jumps when you click the plus. Okay. The light, of, the light of the body is the eye. In other words, if you want your body enlightened, your eye is the gateway through which you will be enlightened. So if you want your body to be enlightened with a message of rest, the way you see things, your revelation, the way you look must be enlightened. Now how is, I mean, if, if, your eye, if you want your eye enlightened, according to what we are sharing here, your eye must be looking for the message of rest in the Bible. Okay, right. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Okay? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's beautiful. Right. Uh, but on there. But if your eye is evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. Take the word evil there. Okay, double click on it. And then go to sire over here. Right there. Yeah. And just go down a bit there. A bit more. Yeah, just click on sire. Yes. Okay. How do you pronounce that in the Greek? Do you know? Can you see? Okay. Right, a bit more. Listen to what that means. Full of labors. <laughs> okay, let's go back. I told you. <laughs> right, go up. <laughs> Verse 22, let's read it again. The light of the body, the light of your whole life, what will enlighten your life is the way you look. How you perceive things is what will give light to your whole life. If your eye is single, now I, I like what it also says there, is simple. Eenvoudig. As jou oog in eenvoud is, what a single means, you only see one thing, and that is Christ. What is double vision? It's like being double-minded. You're seeing grace, and you're seeing works righteousness. Okay, but it says, if your eye is single, you only see one simple thing, and that is, the new law that produces rest. Your whole body, your whole life will find rest. And I can testify of that in my life. When I was under the law, I mean, I didn't have rest when it comes to marriage. I didn't have rest when it comes to finances. I didn't have rest when it came to ministry. But as my eye changed, the way I perceived things, and my revelation, the way I look, came into the platform of His new law, when the oil that was in my lamp came from the crushed, crushed Jesus Christ, which I will still explain later, when that oil gave me light, I find enlightenment in my mind. Like Paul says, I pray that your mind might be enlightened. What does that mean? That your mind might become full of the message of His rest. An enlightened mind is a mind understanding the rest that there is in Christ. Resting from our work, for He has done all the work. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Right. The eye, uh, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if the eye be evil, full of labors, annoyances, hardship, pressed and harassed by labors. Pressed and harassed by labors. If your eye has got that revelation where you feel oppressed by all these things you must do for God, you are walking in darkness, my friend. You are walking in great darkness. Let's read on. Okay, I want to just see if that, uh, 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 verse 24. Let's just make sure. No, sorry. Matthew. Let's go to, yeah, yeah. Verse 24. Okay, go, go to Matthew eleven twenty-eight. That's a very simple verse. I'm going to read it from the Bible here. You know that Jesus says, Come to me, all you that labor. Now, there was you that are in darkness. You that labor and are heavy laden. What does the Greek there mean? You that are overburdened with the practicalities of religion. Come to me and I will give you ah, light, rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. What will he learn? What will you learn from him? That he has done all the work. Take my yoke, my teaching upon you. What is his teaching? I've got a new law by which I judged that rest will be the light of the people. He'll teach you that. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2 says, from verse 12 says, that the Holy Spirit is given unto us to remind us of what we have freely received in Christ. So the whole purpose, the whole way God works, is all directed towards rest. When I got into the message of grace, I found rest in my relationship with my wife. I found rest in my relationship with my children. I've been so full of labors, you know. If you don't raise this child correctly, then the message of grace came to me and God said to me, Bertie, I'm a perfect father and my son, Adam, rebelled. You see, the moment... <laughs> all of a sudden, rest... I could not hear that unless I had an eye of rest. And my life became full of rest. Those children, I just love them the, the way I look and love them. And that's it. Who I am is who I am. And I love them the way I am. I teach them the grace the way I can te teach them that. And I, I'm just the father that I am. And I cannot base who they are on what I do. I cannot. I will live in condemnation all the time. Because the new magazine that comes out on how to be a better parent. <laughs> My goodness, it's like, you know, um, I, look, I look at Ilya now, when, uh, uh, with Aubrey, you know, j just before, um, before he was born, people came with all these magazines. Fun barbecues, you know, and what they need and whatever. Man, she becomes depressed. I said to her, burn those books. Those books just show you what you don't have. And that this, it feels as if that child will never be normal. 
Never. <laughs> you know? And when, we, and when she got, I mean, when this grace message settled in her heart and she could chuck those books away, you found peace. If your eye, the way you will be enlightened is by the revelation you have. How you see things. How do we see? We see by the grace of God. Jesus clearly says, He says, Come to me, all you that labor, all you that are, that are an, a, 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 this annoyances, hard-pressed with labor, you are in darkness. Then the Bible says, If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If the revelation you have is the revelation of works righteousness, how dark is your life? Because you are condemned in everything you do. So, sorry for just using this again, but um, if we take the message of sowing and reaping and tithing, I am def definitely for that people give. I mean, I've just shared the vision about Zambia and asked you guys to give towards that. I'm not against giving. But imagine that your revelation... The way you see is, I must work this principle for God to do something for me. You already, your eye is already darkened, full of labor, bringing toils, peril. What does it bring? What is, and I like the definition here. It says, what does that bring? That it brings toil and annoyances and peril of a time full of peril. Christian faith and steadfastness. Um, causing pain and trouble. So, now this is what Jesus said. If your revelation is this, how full of pain and trouble are you? Because you look at people and you want to love them, but you cannot love them because they don't fall into your category of law. Therefore, you actually have to push them away from you. But you want to live in peace. But you can't. Because you're under this labor under this judgment, because the, the, the light that's in you is darkness. Now your whole life becomes dark. You don't have abundance of life. You don't have joy. You don't have peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You've come to set us free. Um, I want to read uh, Luke 15, verse 8. This is a little bit typology here. It's about the, the ten, uh, ten pieces of uh, silver and the one got lost. It says in verse 8, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light the candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it. So, what was those ten pieces of silver speaking about? I mean, there was an image upon it and it was valuable. So, if something of value gets lost, what does the woman do? She lights a lamp. Okay. She lights a lamp. She lights a lamp. And we're going to get to the ten virgins now in the lamp. So, she lights a lamp. She brings forth light. What does is, what is Jesus say, say here? This is typology now. This is just a, a, trying to explain the gospel. You bring forth rest. Because value can only be restored when there's rest. That's all. You cannot find that value back when there's not the light of rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
If we talk about, uh, uh, um, about marriage, if we talk about relationships and all those type of things, and all the hurt that people has gone through, through the law system of marriage, remember when I talked about uh, marriage and divorce and all those type of things, and the, the, the hurt people walk with because they've, they've been sexually moral, they've, uh, they've married two or three times, and all those type of things. Now you walk with a condemnation of law. How will your value ever be restored unless the light of Christ r rises on your life? Unless the message of rest, of you don't have to try to work the correct principle concerning marriage or anything to be righteous before me. I am your righteousness. Unless that light of rest dawns on you, how will your value be restored? How will you be found? How will you be found? But if your value is lost, and you even close all the doors and all the windows and make it even darker, bringing more trouble and annoyance and all those type of things. Fill your mind more with labor. How will your value ever be found? Impossible. Impossible. When it comes to our finances, people feel already, you know, so condemned when you drive through a neighborhood with big houses. That house already condemns you. Another man's car condemns you. What the TV advertises condemns people. Already walking in that condemnation, and now we come to church, and when it comes to finances and those type of things, labors is preached. How will a person ever be free of the condemnation of the world? It's impossible, man. It's impossible with darkness. Exodus 27 verse 20. Hallelujah. So what we do is, we rest in Him. We, we've got that silent satisfaction of His qualification imputed unto us. You know what Paul says? He says, I thank God that I've been counted worthy. But in that same verse, he talks about how he persecuted the church. But God counted him worthy. So here's somebody killing the church and God says he qualifies to preach my gospel. Where today in churches, you've got to work yourself so up by serving a leader to hope that he loses some drop of anointing that you can lick up and get something from God. That's just a lie. That's just a lie. Paul was counted faithful. Listen, he was counted faithful while he was persecuting the church. It's greater than what we can ever fathom. Because the faithfulness of Christ has been imputed to us. Hallelujah. I don't say we don't have to be faithful when it comes to our relationship with God and those type of things. But let me tell you, 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 your faithfulness to a man can promote you in that man's system. Like in any other business. If you work hard, you're faithful, they will promote you. So in that system, you will be promoted. You know, in a worldly system. 
If you serve hard enough, work hard enough, you will neither climb the ladder, one step, and then another step, like in the corporate world. But that's not the principle of God's kingdom. Paul was counted faithful while he was a sinner. And the life of Christ has been imputed to us. That's the light of the gospel of grace. That's, that's why Satan comes and blinded, blinds people's minds, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine in their hearts. Lest they would get into the rest. Hallelujah. Exodus 27. Verse 20 I said. Uh, Exodus 27 verse 20, it says, And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring pure oil, olive, beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. Okay, so what does he say? He says, you will command, now, now you remember the ten virgins? And we can go and read that as well, but the, the ten virgins was there. They had to put oil in the lamp. What was that lamp for? It was for a light. That's the reason why you have a lamp, to lighten it. It says the oil of that lamp must be an olive oil that has been beaten. So they took the olives, they've beaten the olives with sticks or however they would beat it, and then oil will come forth because it's been crushed under being beaten, and that oil would, would be the, the, the oil for the lamp to give a light continuously. So the oil that we have, by which the foundation from where our light shines, is the olive that was crushed, by being beaten, which is Jesus. He was crushed for us. He was beaten for us. And out of that, an anointing flowed. An enablement. That's what the oil is. It's an enablement. It enabled us to have the righteousness of God resting. <laughs> That's our enablement. It enabled us to walk in the fullness of God by resting and burning the ability that flowed forth from his breaking and him being beaten. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? And I like what it says. It says, this shall be the oil to give a light continuously. Amen. It says, and you shall command the children of Israel that they bring the pure oil, olive beaten for the light. To cause the lamp to burn always. Oh, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That is the gospel. So the oil that we need to have in our lamp, you know, you've got the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. The five wise had an oil. If you go and read there, it says that our lamps went out. So they had an oil. But the oil they had didn't count. The oil they had didn't count. You can go and read it. If, if you see um, in, in um, Matthew, Matthew, no, Luke, Matthew 25 verse 1. Let me read it there. <clears throat> then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And the five of them which were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessel with their lamp. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. 
And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. So our lamps has gone out. So it burnt and died. And they didn't bring the right oil to burn the lamp. So they were virgins. In other words, they were in their way clean. They were perfect. They lived good. And these others also, the wise also lived good. Both of them fell asleep where they should have been awoke. They all slept. So they all have faults. But what caused them to enter was the oil in the lamp. Was the light they had. And what was that light? It came from the revelation of He was crushed for me. He was crushed for me. They didn't have that oil. They didn't have that oil. Then the other says, go and buy. But the time was gone. They couldn't buy anymore. It was too late. Amen. So what we do is, we take this lamp, we take this oil, we take this light, and this is continuous to have this light burn forever from this oil. So we don't start the lamp with olive oil and end it with fish oil. We start the lamp with getting grace and receiving rest from our works. And we continue with that oil until He comes. I, guess, I, I heard a preacher now on television preached and um, he says Jesus is not coming back. He says He came back when the Holy Spirit was poured out. My goodness. Okay. Can you believe that? I think I need to preach on that. Let's go to First John chapter 1, verse 7. If Jesus, the man, Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about Jesus Christ or the Spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit. The man, Christ, will return. So that we as people can have glorified bodies. And if that is not going to happen, we don't have any hope. We don't have any hope. For that is our hope, is His return. And we are preaching, and our hope stretches beyond the grave. That we can laugh at death and say, Oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? So He was saying, even if I enter into the grave, I laugh, for the dead shall rise up in Christ. At His return. But now Jesus has already come back. My goodness. You see, the thing is, the light we get in the beginning, which is the gospel of His unconditional love, we keep until the end. We don't have to become weird. We rest in the simplicity. Let your eye be single. Don't let your eye be full of labor. For how great will the darkness not be? Light up. Let the light of His rest enlighten you. And as that happens, you will find your value be restored. Amen. First John. I'm going to end off with this. First John, chapter 1, and verse 7. You know, there are so many scriptures. Take, take the word light in the New Testament. You know, where Paul says, enlightened mind, he has come as a light unto the Gentiles, and all those type of things. So just take your concordance and study the word light, and you'll see all the things. Listen to what it says here. 
I'm going to read from verse 6. It says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Let me read it again. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, if we say we have fellowship with Him and our eye is still full of works righteousness, you lie. And you are not doing the truth. Truth is no consciousness of sin, but a consciousness of righteousness. If you say you've got fellowship with Him, and you live in darkness, my goodness. We lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the light, in the rest, as He is in the rest, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from all our sins. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 1. You cannot proclaim fellowship with Jesus and preach works. You lie. You're not fellowshipping with Him. It sounds harsh, but I mean, if John says it, it's okay. But if I say it, I'm arrogant. <clears throat> not arrogant, that is what it says. You lie. You're lying. You're not speaking the truth. And what the, the, the thing here is people didn't know that they're lying. They say, they think you've got fellowship with God. I thought I had fellowship with Jesus until I got into the gospel of grace. And I realized my fellowship was with darkness, not with the light. My fellowship was with darkness. John chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word be, uh, was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Jesus was a life. That life, according to, if we incorporate Isaiah 51, brought forth rest for us, because His life is my life. So the moment His life is my life, according to Colossians chapter 3, then I cease from living my own life. I'm resting from trying to live my life. And I acknowledge His life as my life. So if I want to refer to how holy I am, I've got one life that I'm going to pull out of the file, and that's the life of Christ, for His life is my life. If I want to have anything concerning qualification for provision, qualification for healing, qualification for peace in my marriage, qualification for peace in my relationship with my children, in any other relationships, business, whatever, my qualification for the manifestation of salvation from this oppression, I pull out the life of Christ. I only have one life. I only have one life. He is my life. And this life was our light. This life, if you cannot see the life of Christ as bringing forth rest to you, His life means no light to you. Then His life does not enlighten you or enlighten your mind. For it does not end at the point of, I am resting. Amen? Hallelujah. Am I the only one enjoying this? Amen. 
listen, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness compre comprehended it not. Are you hearing? This light, this revelation of rest was shining in darkness. Who are those that's got darkness? The believer of the law system. And they couldn't understand this. It's too easy. It doesn't make sense. I cannot comprehend. That it would comprehend also mean to make use. They couldn't make use of They couldn't cease it. Grab the hold of this. It was just too much. Okay? And the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended not. Um, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which enlightens every man that comes into the world. Isn't that awesome? This light will enlighten every man that comes into this world. So if you're into the world system of law, every man that can believe can be enlightened into rest. Amen. I want to just read about judgment. Um, John 3. Verse 18, I think. Verse 19. Verse 18. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes is, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation, that light is come into the world and that men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now listen to this. For everyone that does evil hates the light. Neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved or corrected. Let me explain what that means. Evil. What is the evil? Labors. Because his deeds had his foundation in laboring for God. So the man that is in darkness, that has his deeds as evil, in other words from the foundation of the law, will not come to God. He will struggle to come to God. Why? Because God will tell him, your deeds are wrong. He will rebuke his work. And he doesn't want to say, my work is wrong. Back to tithing again. If you've been tithing for 30 years and you've built a ministry on the tithe, you will not want to come to the light. You cannot come to the light. Lest your deed be shown as evil. Full of labor. And your deed be rebuked or corrected. For you love your wonderful deed that you are getting right. You are so in love with your own righteousness. I want to tell you, I don't care if people don't like me because I say this. Last month we've had 18,200 messages downloaded from the website. So people cannot like it, I don't care, but it seems to me as if the normal people love this. Yeah. Hallelujah. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. 
This is empowered and backed by God. It's empowered and backed by God. Let's read that again. That it can sink in. And this is condemnation. That light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds was works based. My goodness. <laughs> because their deeds were evil. We were thinking of adultery and sin and those type of things. That's not what it says here. Their deeds was full of labors that pushes people down. That was their deed. So if your ministry or your life has got the foundation of that is evil, which is works righteousness, which is a, a, a labor-orientated belief, you will not want to come to something that's going to tell you, listen, all your work is evil. You will say, I love what I have now. I'm not going to come to the light. And now what happens is, we proclaim the name of Jesus and say, now we are in the light. But we will not take our work to the cross to be rebuked and be reproved and corrected. I want to say this, and, and to people that watch by the internet, I want to say this. The Bible says that God chastises His children. That word chastise means He corrects. And that no chastisement is joyful or pleasurable. So when you come with your evil work to God, He will shine His light on that. He will shine His light and take the labor out of your life. But if you love labor, you will find it very difficult to come to God. You'll find it very, very difficult. For you cannot seize the moment. You cannot grab the opportunity. You cannot make use of Christ. It's difficult for you, for you'll have to let go. And this is what Second, uh, 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 what Corinthians clearly states as well. He says that I think it's First Corinthians three talks about the uh, um, Second Corinthians. I'm not sure. Talks about the the man whose work will be judged by fire. Okay. So it says, if you build with hay, wood, and stubble, your work shall be burnt. But if you build with precious stones, was it gold? Precious stones and silver, I think. Yeah. Gold, silver, and precious stones. That's the order in which it is. It says, it shall not be burnt. So what does that mean? Hay, wood, and stubble. Hay is also the, the word that talks about a measuring reed. Wherewith you measure all the time. Wood was the same word used for the feet of Paul when it was in the stocks in jail. So he was bound in jail. The teaching of measuring up, the teaching of bondage. And then Stubble talks about a feeding enclosure. Ye eat net booty. You know? The only food is what we're going to try and offer you here in this enclosure. You're not allowed to be free. That will burn in the goodness of God. But if you've built with gold, divinity, Silver, redemption. Precious stones was on the priest. Talks about the church. 
If you preach the gospel of the divine redemption of the church by what He has done, the message of rest, the fire of God can come. Cannot burn it away. So we, I want to tell you that this whole gospel, everywhere you read, it is full of His light, His revelation, enlightening you. And this is what Paul prayed. And I, I always try to understand, but I understand so much better when he said, I pray that you might have an enlightened mind, an enlightened understanding, that you'll understand from the perspective of rest. Hallelujah. Isn't this good news? This is the gospel, man. This is the message of His grace. This is the message that sets people free. And now Jesus goes and He says, we are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So what is He saying? He says, this rest that's in us, and the message of rest, He says, when I was in the world, Jesus says, He says, He was the light of the world. But then He went away. Gave us His Spirit. Now we are the light of the world. How? By preaching this gospel of grace. But if the light that's in us is evil, is darkness, how great will the darkness not be even in the other person's life? It's like, Paul said, it's like Jesus said, the Pharisees are blind people leading the blind. They both fall into the ditch. Blind. What does blind mean? The Pharisees said to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, does, is, is our sins forgiven? How does it work? He says, listen, if you were blind, now listen to this, your sins would have been forgiven, but now you say we see. Now your sin remains. So what is he actually saying? He says, if you were blind to the law, if you couldn't see the law, but you could see me, you would see the forgiveness of sins. But because you are continually looking into the law, you see condemnation. For those of you that has not been here in that service, I preach about baptism. And let me end off with this. Um, when Jesus was baptized, He was baptized into the sin of mankind. He, was, he came to the baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance. Now, did Jesus have to repent about anything? No. Just before He was baptized, John said twice, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that lamb had to be a pure, sinless lamb. Then he said, let me be baptized. With what baptism? The baptism of the sinner. He was baptized by John, the son of the high priest. You see, the high priest wouldn't lay his hands on Jesus so that he could become the high priest. Because he had to be of the lineage of um, Levi. But he was from Judah. Do you think the high priest will say, no, you're the next high priest? No, no. So God took the son of the high priest, which was John the Baptist. Okay? And used him as the greatest in the Old Testament. What would be like the high priest. And he laid his hands on the head of the lamb, like in Deuteronomy. Put him in the water. Baptized him into the sin of man. And when he stood up, he stood up with sin and we were standing innocent. But the Pharisees, because they were not blind to the law, but blinded to what Christ has done, their sins remained. They still walked in guilt and condemnation, but Jesus has removed it. 
They could not see it and they could not believe it. Therefore, they could not come to Jesus and receive eternal life and believe upon Him and receive salvation. Thank you, Father, for your gospel. Father, I want to thank you that you love us so much. Thank you for this message. Thank you for every person that's watching all over the world on the internet today. I thank you, my God, that people's lives are impacted by your grace. Thank you, Lord, that we can know this gospel. Our hearts, my God, are flooded with who you are and your rest. And you have sworn that no one will enter into rest by works. but that we will only enter in by believing. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your rest that's flooded us. Father, my heart, as I pray this, I see all the people all over the world that has not heard this message. Thank you, my God, that we can go and preach this gospel and share this gospel as a team, reaching out to the thousands of people that might even have heard the name Jesus, but never understood that that name means He's saved me from my sin. Thank you, Lord, that you empower us as a small congregation here together to preach this message all over the world. Thank you, my Father, that people that sit here and listen to this message, even if it's ten years from today that I've preached this, that they are set free from labor. Thank you, Lord, that the evil day is over. But the light has come. A great light to those who sit in the shadow of death. In the darkness that death throws over us. You've come as a great light to enlighten every man that comes into the world. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. You know, the Bible says that when it comes to children, Jesus said, we should become like children. Okay, now what does that mean? And I tell you, I've struggled with that thing so many times because sometimes when I look at children, you don't, you should not become like them. Okay? Jesus said something very nice. He says, you should be, if you want to inherit the kingdom, you should become as a child. What does that mean? It means you must be born again. That's all it means. Because the next question can be, now how will it be possible for me to become as a child? Must I enter into my mother's womb a second time? Okay. Then he continued, he said, you must be humble as this child. He didn't say as children. Because there are many children, I tell you today, they're so rebellious, they are not humble. But Jesus called forth the child. He says, come here. Then he said, you must humble yourself like this child. How did he humble himself? When Jesus called him, he came. So when God calls you into rest, come. Come. That is being like a child. Just come. Hallelujah. Yes, my brother. What came to me when you were talking about the bridges was the unrighteous 
why they, it talks about buying the oil is because the whole works righteous system is a buying. Buying, yes. Me, why use the word buying? And you can never buy the oil of Jesus Christ is crushed once. And you cannot. Yeah. yeah. That's it. They, they even tried to get it with an unrighteous way. That's why they couldn't get a hold of it. They came and they says, no, 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 you can't. This is not the way. Very good, yeah. Awesome. You say? Rest stops. Yeah, rest, rest life. <laughs> not just a stop. <laughs> yes, amen. Thank you so much, guys. All the finances that's given tonight and for the next three, four weeks will be going towards that church. So thank you for that. God bless.